podcast on Every Man Radio. Hello? Yes, hello, Matt. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Um, yeah, so this is Rich from Everyman Radio. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I just checked the call and I had realised I had actually turned that off. It's one of those things that runs in the background. It's a, a recorder that you have to then activate. It doesn't really matter. But um, Oh, I got you. Yeah. Um, it's working now. It's fine. So perfect. We're in. We're in. We're in business, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's great to hear from you. I'm glad uh, we were able to make this happen. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you. And uh, likewise, um, it's just uh, my pleasure. Uh, no, it's great to make contact with you. So you uh, you you've been um, I think you had mentioned that you've been using Soundstripe music in the podcast. That's right. Yeah. So that, that that's awesome. Um, and it is. Um, so that came about really from. Um, so, so every man radio we we do. Um, um, interview people and play music, um, occasional comedy. Um, I always hesitate when I say that because it's an acquired taste. But um, I was looking for a music that I could play legally and work, try and work through the the licensing regulations and laws. And I know they're very different in different countries, but I found. Uh, I had tried a few and eventually stumbled across uh, Soundstripe and um, yeah, really liked the, it was quite easy to use, very easy to use to uh, pay a, yeah, a, a small monthly subscription um, and then from that you're able then to license, a, license the tracks for, for broadcast. Um, and the music, I found it really good too. Um, so um, yeah I've played yeah there's quite a few different tracks I like and um, yeah quite I see your name come up a lot on the collaborations that you do and the music you work with um, yeah so I'm just fascinated really about well how you're involved with that and how it um, how it's developed and how it's developing and like that gotcha yeah, that well, um, I've actually been uh, working with Soundtrack since the inception of the company, um, uh, and yeah, I've known the founders, um, and we we basically kind of went into this all together, and it was like the Wild West in the beginning, um, and some of the other producers along with me um, were coming from like different backgrounds. But we all uh, we all basically started our own uh, with soundtrack and uh, like a focus, I guess, uh, excuse me, a focus, uh, and we were able to basically write and contribute to the catalog. Um, in the beginning, we were essentially just looking for a way to subsidize our incomes from you know other jobs that anyway, because this was definitely not paying bills at the time. Mm. Um, so it was an interesting concept, you know, we were like, okay, well, this is cool, we can write music, we can put it on the site, they can get licensed, uh, it operates in a slightly different way than, I guess you could say, like, trailer sync music, which is like the stuff you hear in TV commercials or movies, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was the world I was used to, uh, and I had come from, uh, along with being a professional touring musician. So... We uh, we basically had this this company that we were all able to write for, and then it just started growing and it started turning into this new thing, and then it just slowly overtook my uh, what I thought was 
the direction that my career was headed in, and um, I took this on full time uh, a couple of years ago, and have just not looked back since. And it's been a really incredible um, opportunity to not only grow as a, a producer and a composer, um, and have all these different outlets <laughs> to write for it. And when I say outlets, like you had mentioned, you've seen my name pop up on the site and. Uh, various forms, like I have different monikers that I write under, um, and I do different collaborations with other artists and composers within the company, um, but we're not only like helping serve ourselves by having an outlet for, you know, creativity, um, and also to pay the rent, but we're also helping for people like yourself, which turned out to be like a really cool part of this gig um, mm. and I actually going back to the beginning when I first started playing music about 20 years ago um, film music was one of the things that lured me in to uh, music in, in the first place I I didn't realize when I was a kid that was the thing that I was latching onto most when I was watching movies was the music <laughs> and so this is kind of a backwards way into being a film composer and um and then, like, you know, being able to work with people running podcasts like, like this, um, it's just really cool to see your music end up in, in all sorts of various places. And, yeah, the company is actually not working on Netflix, so it's like a trip and days um, platform. And uh, I just really love the idea um, and the concept of it, and I think this is where everything is headed in the future. All right. So, and um, so what are the the major collaborations that you do? Is it um, quite structured and organized with the, the who you work with or does it just evolve? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. It is actually highly structured. Um, we have uh, some teams, uh, like a managerial team within the company that um, Kind of oversee the producers and uh, artists within the company, and we get um, set up on, I guess you could call them rights, um, every month. And um, a lot of times, that's the way that looks is remote. Uh, so we're, like, I work out of my home studio, um, and some of these other people I work with are based here in Nashville, Tennessee, in the U.S., like myself, but Okay. Others um, are actually uh, not here, and so remote would be the only way to do it. Um, but uh, other times it's actually in person. But yeah, every month we basically get these um, schedules, and, and we're able to essentially, um, there's definitely some picking and choosing of like what we can do, um, and then there's like, other information that's given to us that's relayed on uh, from the uh, customer care team, which you may or may not have spoken with if you've ever contacted SoundStripe, but um, they basically feed us with information uh, like what the clients um, need more of, et cetera, et cetera. So it's actually a really uh, healthy work environment, uh, mm. kind of mix between being highly creative and doing what you want, but also uh, collaborating with other people in similar positions um, and essentially creating these different, uh, like I said before, uh, monikers for this music to live within. Um, some people just do one thing, but for myself, I've always had uh, a huge palette as far as things <laughs> that I really enjoy pulling from, uh, creative, uh, creatively speaking. So. Um, yeah, I have, I think I have like 10 or 11 different monikers that I write for, and those collaborations um, sometimes happen uh, within uh, a moniker, for example. So, uh, I think we had spoken um, over email, uh, and you had brought up Jesse Villa's name. She's someone that I um, collaborate with, uh, with Soundstrike quite often. We usually do at least once a month, sometimes twice, okay. and uh, we, have, we have a monitor that we started called Lola, um, and yeah. we essentially, after enough collaborations, we we finally got the sound that we were both like really happy with, and we're like, I think this is our thing now, <laughs> <laughs> and so we started Lola, 
projects to kind of live with and uh, musically speaking. So. Okay. Yeah, no, it sounds great. And yeah, um, when you said Lola, yeah, I'm familiar with uh, the work you did there. There was a few tracks I liked within that. Um, um, and I suppose, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's a field that I don't really know that much about. Yeah, I played the trumpet and um, the whole, but the whole, well, I say I, I used to, I, I now and again, but um, the whole, um, this world of mixing digital music and putting it all together with all the different software involved, I don't, I don't really know that much about it. Um, and how, um, so I'm quite curious, how do you, how do you actually create something? Uh, um, say if you're doing it in your, on your own, is it, um, you have, you choose a, a style of music you want to create and then put it together with the different software that you use or? Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. There's actually, um, well, to start, there's been so many innovations over the last, um, you know, 10, 15 years, uh, for music producers and it's rapidly changing. Um, there are all kinds of resources online, um, tools, um, and there's definitely like some initial investment in some of these. Like there's actually a company that's based over there in England um, that I love. They're called Spitfire Audio, and they specialize in um, orchestral um, samples. And mm -hmm. so they will essentially take an orchestra, they'll go in a studio, and they will sample each player, all the articulations, uh, everything. They get it all mapped out, and then essentially, um, for uh, a fairly reasonable price, you can buy these different um, packs, I guess you could call them, and then I have them at my fingertips on my keyboard once I install them onto my computer or my external hard drives. And so just for example, um, uh, one of my monitors is called Resident Flamingo, which <laughs> is a, uh, like, it originally started as a place to put all my, like, kind of comedic, quirky, uh, music, but then it, it slowly evolved into this uh, moniker that kind of housed basically just all film-inspired music. Um, so I've been like pretty actively writing for that uh, recently, and um, since we just had Halloween here, oh, um, yeah. I love writing Halloween music because I just feel like there's like anything goes as a composer, you can really <laughs> get people to listen to some pretty crazy stuff. Hey. Um, I uh, I actually use some of those libraries uh, and and programs these uh, orchestral pieces, um, but it was all done on my keyboard here in my studio. Wow. Um, so that to say, you know, there's there's definitely you know you can record what they call analog, uh, which is kind of an old school way of recording where you actually get players in and record mm -hmm. them, you know, using mics and preamps and all that stuff. Um, it basically just comes down to time management, you know? So we sometimes don't have uh, the amount of time that we'd like to be able to, you know, for example, like Adrian Walter, who is another uh, soundtrack composer, he just did an orchestral record. Uh, we actually had a chamber orchestra in the studio. He, he wrote, arranged, orchestrated, and then went in and recorded these guys uh, playing his music. Um, but, you know, we can't do that every day, um, yeah. at least right now. So it's just kind of like managing both looks, you know, doing doing stuff, what I call in the box, where you're on your computer using all these different samples and packs and plugins, um, all these different virtual instruments, and then actually getting an opportunity to go in the studio and record actual players. Um, and I think we're going to be doing more of that, too, as we go down the road. Um, Back in June, I actually wrote a jazz record, and I got uh, four players, all amazing uh, musicians, got, got in the studio and recorded over the course of two days. Um, so I think that's something, you know, to provide more value for people like yourself. You know, you I think authenticity becomes paramount. You, know, you want to be able to access 
all these different styles of music and you want to sound as authentic as possible. And I think what better way is to actually, you know, to actually get real uh, players that know those styles in the studio to get recorded. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm interested uh, slightly um, in in the in the software only because so my friend um, uh, Sebastian who's an artist is also very musical and he's installed this software called Reaper on my as a um, he calls it a mixing studio I don't is that one you're familiar with or I do feel like I've heard of that before but I, I'm not sure exactly what it does but I definitely have heard the name before <laughs> okay yeah, it doesn't really matter then. I just know that I have it, and again, like yourself, actually, I don't really know what it does, but um, it's um, um, I, I just find it quite um, well overwhelming at times, really. The um, that actual side of things, the musical side, so I tend to avoid it. Um, and um, it interests me though, anyway. And um, one question I had was um, um, about the. Uh, the marketing of your yourself and the material that you produce is it do you kind of leave that to soundstripe to do the marketing or do you also then get involved in the marketing of your own projects and music right right well we actually have a marketing uh, department and they do handle the majority of how well, they, they, yeah, they handle all of the, the stuff that's branded with the Soundstrike logo, um, all of that stuff that you see on our site and on YouTube. Um, they're responsible for all of that. Um, there is some collaboration uh, sometimes, like, for example, with the jazz record that I did back in June. There was a short video um, of a, kind of like a, a, I guess, a long commercial you could look at it um, as. It was just shy of three minutes. Uh, and I actually worked with one of the guys on the marketing team to uh, edit the video and kind of put put it out the way that I I thought represented you know my vision for the project, but also uh, marrying it with the way Soundstripe wanted it um, you know digested by its, uh, its audience. So um, I think there's going to be more collaboration uh, as far as. Uh, branding is concerned specifically with all these different monikers that we all have. Um, uh, so, and I, I think that this is one thing with this company being so new. Um, we're growing so fast, and there's all these processes that are being put in place. And like I said, uh, uh, almost four years ago when this all started, it was like the wild west. But now we're we're really starting to kind of like focus in and, and really get. Uh, an idea of how we want to attack all of these different things, and and yeah, marketing is is definitely something that they handle, um, and I'm glad that they do because I've always been really terrible at marketing hmm. myself. Um, I yeah, fact, I think I, uh, same with lots of people. I think yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it what it is, but um, as a musician, it's been it's always been very tough for me to promote my music, promote uh, back when I was playing, you know, as a, a touring bass player, I just was never one of those guys that would put videos of myself playing, uh, you know, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but, um, you know, for example, I'm an avid gardener and I post <laughs> pictures of plants on my Instagram. If you go on my Instagram, you're like, who's saying that way to that writing, you know, producing music and you have to kind of dig to find out that it's most of it is just pictures of my garden. I have no problem doing that. I just don't know why I've always had that hang on, but um, yeah, it's just I guess something that I've been having to, to get better at, you know. <laughs> yeah, cool. I liked your um, what's the name for it? Monica. Is it Monica? Um, yeah, or, it's or Monica, the, yeah. On the on the on the bio where it says uh, Matt. I want to say Wigton. Is that is that right, or is it Whiten? No, it's Wigton. Yeah, Wigton. Yeah. Um, best be described as pop with focus on melody, contrast, textures, and bending and fusing sounds seamlessly. <laughs> um, and I like um, you once disassembled a light fixture in your sleep in an old <laughs> German hotel while on tour. What? what? That's, What's that about? That's correct. Yeah. 
That's a true story, by the way, man. <laughs> yeah, I was on tour in, uh, I don't know, where, I was in some tiny little town in Germany. Uh, I spent a lot of time touring in Germany and Austria with this yeah. artist um, from New Orleans. And so we'd go over there a few times a year. Um, and I, I actually sleepwalk and sleep talk, and I, I, <laughs> I, I only know some of the things that have happened because uh, my wife, you know, documents this stuff and will tell me the next morning. But um, I was, yeah, I was on tour, and um, I was in one of these tiny little hotel rooms, and I woke up in the morning, and I was just staring straight ahead up at the ceiling, and I noticed there was uh, this light fixture. This was like a reading lamp, you know, for, uh, attached to the bed. And uh, it had been completely disassembled. The light bulb had been taken out, uh, and the sheets, or whatever the, the shade that goes over it, like that had all been taken apart, and I set it right next to me on my nightstand. And so I like turned my head to the left, and I see all of this stuff sitting there, and I'm like, do you mean to tell me that in my sleep I disassembled this light fixture and did not electrocute myself. I was like, this is a miracle. I can't believe. I'm like, this is crazy. Um, so, yeah, that is a true story. But I, who knows what else I've done in my sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I like that because it's, uh, well, it's interesting. It's just a very quirky little thing to have on your, well, explanations about your, on your bio. Yeah. It's good. Well, one of the things when we, um, as we've, when, we, when this company was formed, um, we, take a lot of pride in doing our best work, but we also uh, try to do it very whimsically and, and not take ourselves too seriously mm. because there's, there's, just, there's a lot of serious stuff in the world and you know we want to be good at what we're doing, but we also just want to have a, a really great time doing it and, and have a laugh you know, at the same time. So that's actually uh, one of our core values in the company, um, so, which I'm really very proud of because okay. I... Uh, I don't consider myself as funny, but I do try <laughs> to be funny a lot of the time, and so I just like to have a good laugh. So, so. yeah, that's good, and I think it's very important. Um, Absolutely. Too many people are just far too serious, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, yeah, I'm interested. Then, um, so what? Are there any particular tracks that you've done that you're particularly proud of, that you particularly like, or styles that you particularly like? So, because I, what well, I'd like so to do is, um, well, actually, with with this interview, with it would be to play. So, select songs that um, highlight your work, or um, so I'm just thinking of which ones I should be accompanying uh, this uh, this talk with. Yeah, of course. Um, well, one that I did very recently that I I really had a lot of fun doing, um, and like I said, we just had Halloween, and um, I've always had uh, I've always taken a lot of pleasure in, in composing uh, scary music, and so I have this song called "Wicked Curiosities" that I wrote for my moniker Dresden the Flamingo, <laughs> um, and it's a it's basically harkening back to my childhood watching all of these really campy um, Halloween movies um, it, it was essentially those were all a direct inspiration for that song um, but you know as I told you before I've got all these different monikers that I write for and um, so I, I have yeah I have so much music um, I, I guess I'll uh, give you maybe a, a pop one here from my Matt Rickson moniker which is you know under my name um, that uh, let's see here I, had, I, I literally have hundreds of songs. Well, I know. I was amazed. I was looking at the amount of songs that you have, and it is a phenomenal. So yeah, it's. A, I I think um, you, you kind of lose sight of it as you're doing it, uh, like when you're in the moment, and then you just mm. every few months you kind of sit back and you're like, oh my mm. gosh, like wow, this is um, this is a lot of <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of music. So um, yeah, there's a. Uh, Oh, you know that's right. So while you're uh, thinking about those, oh. would you be able to just say, uh, like, just give like a an introduction of that song you just mentioned, and then I will play it in the background, or no, I will then play it. So how would you introduce that song? So this is 
whatever it was. Um, so, so yes, uh, so this is Wicked Curiosities um, that I wrote for Dressed in the Flamingo, my, <laughs> my moniker on Soundtrack. Does that work? That's perfect. Press the virtual button in uh, some time release world and then uh, uh, right. enjoy. Um, so mm-hmm. here's, uh, here's another one. Uh, there's a song called You Move Me that I wrote uh, for my Matt Wigton pop monitor.
Okay. Hope you enjoy this one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's good. Trouble is now I I'll have to actually find them myself and um yeah so i can actually then include them otherwise it, it won't really work but <laughs> um i'll give you a couple more is that all right oh that's yeah no, that's good? great um okay so there's a moniker i have called idols that is actually a collaborative eff effort with uh this other composer in the company uh, adrian walter um we both are like not too far apart in age and you know grew up uh in the 80s and were influenced really like big time by all of the the British, um, you know, uh, like that that new wave. Um, ba basically, anything from like the Cures, like oh, okay. Heads, uh, the Smiths, um, like all of that kind of that 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 sounds uh, just with the spirit of the eighties uh, mm. in general, and and so we. Uh, we have this song, let's see, on, we actually put a record together for this. Um, the song, I believe it's called On Top of the World. Let me just double check here. Okay. Yeah, um, the song On Top of the World by Idols, uh, which is, uh, like I said, a collaborative effort with uh, soundtrack artist Adrian Walter and myself. Okay. Hope you enjoy this one.
Yeah. You need me to say that at the end of each one? <laughs> um, or are you going to be editing this? Or? Of course, yeah, I'll be editing it. And, um, oh, okay. So, fitting it all together in a in a way that makes makes make. most sense. I hope, yeah. Okay. So I can just say, yeah, oh, so I that, hope that you enjoyed song, that one. Yeah. Or oh, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that that was called on top of the world, uh, and like I said, it was for idols that we wrote that for. Um, and I'll give you one more here. Uh, or actually, maybe two more. Does that sound good? Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I actually recently, uh, maybe last year, I got really into writing hip-hop and trap music, which was something, like, mm-hmm. I grew up listening to hip-hop, especially old school, like Tribe Called Quest um, and the Beastie Boys. Um, oh, right. But started getting into new, uh, newer hip-hop of artists like Kendrick Lamar, Anderson Pack. And I uh, was really inspired by the work they were doing, and I wanted to, to just kind of jump off the deep end and, and uh, see what I could do, you know, uh, producing this style of music. So I have a, a moniker called New Alchemist uh, that I write for that is all my hip-hop and trap music. <laughs> and uh, I have a lot of fun uh, doing this. Um, I actually did a Christmas song in this style called Jingle What and I'm really proud of that one that was a, that was a real tough one to uh, initially conceive to try to figure out how to make like a, a cool hip hop trap uh, Christmas song but uh, it ended up working out and uh, <laughs> I'm really really happy with the way that came out so yeah Jingle What by Nautica
Okay. And, uh, yeah, so it's coming to that, uh, coming up to that season to be jolly, so that'll be, uh, um, yeah. a popular tune, I guess. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, and then, like, one last one here, um, I, uh, I mentioned earlier Lola, uh, oh, yeah. a collaborative effort between Jesse Zola and myself, and, um, this song that we did fairly recently, uh, that I, I really, really enjoyed uh, working on with her is the song called The Way I Am. trying to think I would probably know that one I don't off the top of my head but I um, um, I know that I did very much enjoy and probably have played a few of uh, um, um, Jesse Villa's songs with um, that you would have been involved with as well so I, yeah, I could well know that one yeah we we have a we always have a really good time working um, on, on those tracks together because uh, it's it's kind of like fun pop music uh, that you know you don't take yourself too seriously. Um, we're we're both a little quirky <laughs> in our own beautiful ways, and we try to embrace you know that uh, that kind of like slightly left of center approach and that quirkiness uh, within this moniker. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's um well, that's fantastic. And um, are there any? Anything that you're um, working on now, or that's coming up in the future that you're interested in, or wanting to promote, or I don't know. Um, well, I'm pretty much I I try to dole out my time to all of these different monikers um, throughout the month, uh, and I I work on them as evenly as I can because uh, I I didn't hate. Um, having one that's not been 
kept up with, you know, and mm. like months go by and I haven't written anything for it. And I just get bored when I have, when I have to write in the same style over and over, which is why in the first place I have all of these monitors. So, um, I've always, I've always prided myself on my diversity and versatility, um, composing with like this wide palette. Um, but as far as like specifically speaking with anything coming up in the immediate future, I don't have, um, any plans in the works for any like new soundtrack records, um, like that jazz record I did back in June. Um, I think next summer uh, I might be doing uh, another one of these, but I can't say anything about it just yet because I think it's a little too early. You need to make sure that it's all definitely going to be happening, you know. So. Um, but yeah, I would just say, uh, you know, if you're if you're interested in in my music, um, you know, hit up the site and you can um, navigate all the different monikers off of my uh, page. If you search Matt Wigton, um it says uh, on the uh, navigation bar, associated uh, artists, you can click there and see all of the different uh, places you can hear my music in all the different styles. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, I'm just thinking as a, um, a sort of final question, um, would you have, well, what advice, if you have any, would you have for, um, but then I haven't really thought of this question, and I'm trying to think who the four would be. So what, maybe maybe creators themselves or, or people thinking about sort of, developing their their music ambitions as such or uh, I sure. don't know um, it, well it, I think just yeah just creatives in general um, I think uh, embracing change uh, knowing that there's going to be these new technologies these new um, things created to hopefully make our jobs easier to get what we want out there in the world, but um, I would just say that whatever your passion is, uh, to just do it all the time and, and mm. um, really work to develop your voice. Because, uh, like I said earlier, um, I pride myself on my versatility and my diversity, but um, it wasn't always that way. Um, when I was working as a touring Sideman, uh, <laughs> I found that I was spread a little too thin, and I had friends that focused on just doing one thing, and they, it, it was as clear as day that they excelled so much faster through the ranks and ended up doing really great gigs uh, way faster. But uh, you know, here I am doing all of these different. Um, styles of music and performing all these different different artists, but I, I felt like I was a little thin, but then I'm realizing that all of that work that I did then uh, as a sideman, um, that has all fed into what I'm doing now as a producer, um, which I'm now celebrating, and I think that's really important as a creative, you know, you you have to spend that time to find your voice and whatever voice that may be, as long as you you realize like it may take some time, but when you when you have it, you know, hold on to it and then celebrate it and exploit it and like I said, always be on the hunt for new ways of getting your work out there. Because they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be made available. Um, and Soundstrike is a perfect example of that. that that's mm-hmm. something that I didn't foresee uh, coming about and in the way it did, and, and here it is, and now we're starting to see other companies uh, doing similar things um, that Soundstrike is doing. So it's, it's really exciting uh, to be a part of all of this, and, and yeah, so I hope that creatives can, can find some inspiration from all of that. Yeah, no, that's great. And um, I was... Um, I was going to, just going to ask about um, country music, only because um, I lived in the fabulous city of Toledo, Ohio, for a year. Out of oh my goodness! <laughs> I I'm know. Sorry. I know. I didn't know because it was just an exchange thing, and we went. 
um, uh, yeah, a university. So we went, spent a year in Toledo, Ohio. And um, I remember that I was, I had like a part-time job there and um, sort of like a roadie, but not really, because it's like a student type. Um, but one of the, um, um, the, the bands that came was, I th- now, now it was a while while ago, and I I might be wrong, but I think Reba McIntyre. Am I right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was a yep. country singer. I don't really, I don't really remember much of it, um, to be honest. I know they she put on a big show, but uh, I think they all they all kind of do. Um, but that was my little bit of um, thinking I was cool because I could say I was a roadie, even though I wasn't really at all because most of the time all I did was walk around the after the events with a hoover on my back and just pick up popcorn but, right. uh, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but it was fun but I don't know do, do, do you have any I know I don't know country music is that does is that in your heart you're in you're in Nashville isn't that country world or it, I don't, it's interesting because a lot of people, when they think of Nashville, they, of course, think of country music first and foremost. Um, that has been the case for decades, but I will say um, I, I lived in New York City for about 10 years, and I moved down here with my wife about uh, just over six years ago. And the amount of change I have seen in this city just in the six years that we've been here is astonishing. And uh, it's no longer just... Uh, a city filled with country musicians. The, the city has all kinds of musicians uh, from all over the place. Um, there are a ton of New Yorkers and Los Angeles here um, that have brought their, you know, various styles and influences with them. Um, so it's uh, and and you know we've got a lot of Europeans that are that are here. A ton of Canadians and Aussies. Um, it's really cool because, uh, yeah, I, I, I've not been a huge country music fan. I'll go on the record saying that, but um, I, I do love old school country, and I love um, there's a producer here in town named Dave Cobb. I really love what he's done, kind of like reinvigorating that old way of doing, um, you know, producing country music. So he's got artists like Circle Simpson, Chris Stapleton. Um, he's he produced people like that um, who I, I really enjoy actually uh, and, and they're doing it in like kind of like older ways like more analog you know so to speak uh, ways but um, yeah Nashville is a, is a really cool town it's called Music City for a reason I mean really everybody here I always joke um, and this is pretty accurate actually Everybody is either in the music industry or has been a part of the music industry or is about to be in the music industry. Yeah, right. uh, my wife and I just had a, uh, a guy over to look at our house because we were looking at having some work done, and, and this guy was telling us how he used to be a touring drummer back in the 90s, and now he's doing like <laughs> you know structural analysis on homes. Um, and uh, the guy that sold us our homeowners insurance uh, had a publishing deal back in the 80s. Um, I feel like both of those are really good metaphors for the city of Nashville, just filled with music and hmm. musicians. Wow. But I did have a country gig. I did have one uh, touring uh, country gig I did. It was actually the last touring gig I did before I started with Soundstrike full-time. And I was with this artist named Jody Messina, who was, um, she was, I would say, really popular back in the late 90s, early 2000s, so if you're a country music fan, it would have been coming on the heels of, you know, the Garth Brooks, the Shania Twains, um, she kind of was the generation right after them. Um, so it was actually a really good learning experience, she was really sweet, uh, the band was great, it was a really wonderful opportunity, um, and I toured with them for about a year and a half, so that was my only foray in the country music world. Okay, yeah, I just get um, <clears throat> well, flashbacks if you well, if um, I think to the Blues Brothers or some of those films from that age, um, and I just have images of um, a, a artist behind chicken wire with bottles of bud being thrown at them 
I don't know. Right. <laughs> right. Just. Yeah. I suppose that's just my thoughts, really, just in this conversation. Really, because I don't really know much about Nashville. I think. Um, I think we went. Well, to... it's it's starting to look a lot more like, uh, like you know, Atlanta, Chicago, um, New York. It, it, there's a lot of development in the real estate market here, um, and there's a the culinary scene has exploded. There are chefs coming from all over the place, okay. um, opening up restaurants here, which I am I'm very excited about because I love to eat, and so <laughs> I love to eat good food as well. Oh right. So. Yeah, um, that that's actually really exciting, and that reminded me so much of New York. Because when I was in New York, I just felt like every time I'd walk down, you know, to the subway or in my neighborhood, I would see new places opening up left and right. It was, there was just so much development going on there. Um, so my only concern is that Nashville is still a small town, uh, literally, uh, like geographically, it's not very big. Okay. And the way that they have the city plans um, with all the highways and, and streets and stuff, it's just not necessarily built to sustain the population that I think we're going to be seeing this grow to in the coming years. So hopefully they can get that all uh, handled. And, um, you know, you can look at a city like Atlanta as a really good example of what happens when that's not necessarily handled in the best way. Because Atlanta has exploded over the last 20 years, and I think it just outgrew itself. And now you have traffic problems there, very comparable to the ones that you have in Los Angeles and New York um, or Toronto. So uh, hopefully Nashville doesn't turn into the next Atlanta <laughs> in that regard. Okay. Okay, well, cool. Um, well, um yeah, well, thank you. I just want to thank you very much for your time. Um, and it's been great. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. It was really having a great time chat with you. Yeah, and I look forward to, yeah, just keeping an eye out on um, the, the music that's coming out of Soundstripe and, um, yeah, future projects you're working on, different music you're working on. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely be... There'll be, be much more music coming down the pipe. So, yeah, stay tuned and keep in touch and... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, fantastic. Thank you. Of course. It's my pleasure. And um, well, Merry Christmas, although it's a bit early, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you too. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, okay. Thanks, Rich. Cheers. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Podcast on Every Man Radio.
for listening to Everyman Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends on social media. Goodbye.